What advice would you give to a young woman or young man that wants to be a Division I basketball player? Put in the work early and learn to enjoy that. It's a grind. The day-to-day -day practices and, and film sessions, there's a lot of work that's involved in becoming a student athlete, especially to get to the Division I level. And I think if you can not only put in that work, but learn to enjoy it, that's what's gonna help you have a rewarding experience. Develop a routine, stick to it, and be consistent. No matter anything you're trying to accomplish in life, if you can develop a routine, be consistent, and not waver from your belief, then I think you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. Our guests this week on the Jason Walton Live It podcast are Blaze Neald and Tim Fuller of the Utah Valley University basketball team. Thank you, men, for being with us this morning. Thanks for having yeah. us. Good to be here. So it's been quite a year, and it's it's amazing what your team has accomplished. But before we get into that, like what? Tell me what it's been like of this team. What's been the culture of the dynamic? I think uh, as a team, it's progressed over the years. Uh, me and Tim got here three years ago, and we've seen it like grow from nothing, essentially. And so every year, you kind of get more leadership, more veteran guys on the team, and then more experience. And that kind of carries on throughout everyone else that comes and joins the team. And so I think the culture is just a lot of connectedness. I think everyone is... Uh, working hard and striving for something greater than themselves, sacrificing for the greater good of the team. And I think that's resulted in wins for us this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that that core group we had three years ago um, from the start, I think we've just kind of grown more cohesive as the, as the years have gone by. And, um, you know, we all obviously picked up a few key pieces that have really helped us out uh, this year in particular. Um, but yeah, it was just a great year. I think we have a really competitive group guys that just want to get better every day and i think we just kept pushing ourselves to get better and obviously the end result was something really special yeah it's the most successful basketball team in the history of the university right yeah and really one of the more successful basketball teams in the country this past year yeah for sure we were one of the last teams playing <laughs> right am i okay saying that i think we were yeah yeah the best team in utah this I'm year uh, i mean yeah yeah, well, <laughs> yeah that's I, how we that's how we feel so i, I noticed you were playing longer than any of the other exactly. teams in Utah. Is that fair? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, I know you're slow to take credit, especially since you can't go back and have a rematch against Utah State. But I feel I feel that you were the best team in Utah this year. So last year was a was a pretty successful year as well. What's the difference between last year's team and, and this year's team? Yeah, I think last year's team was, I think we had a successful year. We had a great team, great players. And I think it just goes to show how many things to a certain degree depend on luck maybe is not the right word but how many elements have to come together to make a successful team and i think there were just some some intangibles i think um in the in the pieces we picked up obviously aziz bandago you know seven footer from africa huge defensive presence this year um i think that that made a difference for us um but i think it just goes to show there's a lot of things that have to go right to have a successful team yeah, I mean, winning's hard uh, at any level of life. And uh, just to have the experience that we've had, like we said, we've been here for three years and our main core has been here as well. So every year we learn something different. And I think that's just kind of led right into the success we had this year is that we learned from every single failure and success that we've had along the way. And then because of that, we were prepared. And so being prepared in that aspect kind of helped us go throughout this season. I love that mindset, Blaze. The concept that winning is hard in anything. And it sounds like you meant also outside of sport, yeah. right? To be elite at whatever you do is hard. 
It, it's not something you luck yourself into. Uh, Tim, you mentioned that that some interesting things have to come together, gel together to make for a team. You mentioned Aziz, uh, his defensive presence. I want to give a, give a shout out to Aziz too. He did some great things offensively too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so I, I I know he was elite uh, elite defensively, but if I remember right, at least in the quarter of semis, I saw him stroking a three. And uh, I saw him dunk a lot of basketballs and and uh, playing improving his post game. So I think I think he was an offensive threat too. But yeah, defensively, he's dominant. Yeah. What are some other pieces that uh, that kind of came together for you as a team that led to your success? I think injuries um, are another thing that came to mind as well. Last year, Trey Woodbury um, had a knee injury that put him out most of the season, and uh, it was great to have him back this year. He's a obviously a great player and a huge piece for us. And so that was another huge contributor to our success this year. Yeah. I mean, kind of like Tim said, everything kind of has to fall into place for a team to have success. And last year injuries were kind of part of our downfall as well. And so this year we had good health. We had, like I said, the experience and we have like the personnel that kind of mesh together and fit together to accomplish great things. It's interesting to me how unselfish the team seemed to be. I talked about this a little bit in the in the last podcast with with Trey, Latrey, and Jaden. But on any given night, you didn't know who was going to stand out. And I'm curious if there was discussion about that amongst yourselves or in the locker room, or if it's just something that happened organically. I mean, yeah, I think it was something that kind of happened organically. But we did have conversations about it. We're like, man, like we're really hard to beat because we never know who's going to like step up, whose night it's going to be, whose turn it's going to be, and that just goes to show of how great of a team we had. We had guys ready to step in off the bench, we had starters with, like it didn't matter who was playing, we knew that we could be successful and we had confidence in one another. And so when it was your turn to step up, go ahead and do it and we trust you. And so because of that, I think everyone, kind of like you said, had had their moment to shine, had their game where they were the ones that kind of were the star of the show. Yeah, absolutely. And you touched on unselfishness and I think that's, that's a huge part of it as well. We were just talking last night, um, kind of going over some of the stats from the season and we were top, at least top 20 in the in the country in assists. We led the whack in assists, and I think ball movement um, was a huge part of what we did. Just knowing that we have so many weapons out there and the ball was eventually going to find the guy um, you have to score. How do you think uh, each of your individual basketball game has improved over the course of your college career? I think in my case, I've learned personally just how to manage the game, how to control it. Um, it's something I didn't really know growing up or something you don't really understand until you're in it and been around college basketball at a high level for a minute. So just understanding the nuances of the game, where you're supposed to be, how to put people in the best position to win is something that I've kind of focused on and kind of learned how to be like that master chess player on the court, I guess. Yeah, so I'm one of those people that doesn't understand. So could you go into a little bit more detail and be a little bit more specific on what some of those nuances are? For sure. I mean, in basketball, everything's calculated. Like we, we have a scouting report. We know the other team's best players, their plays, certain things that you're supposed to look for that are kind of key indicators and just understanding that and then understanding where your team's weaknesses might be, but also your strengths and what gives your team the best chance and opportunity to win. So the coaches put in the plan and then being able to understand and recognize it in live speed is something that's super important. And then just going out there and having that confidence in yourself and knowing what skills you have and that your team has that you can help each other be in the right position to be successful out there. So when you say be in the right position to be successful, can you give me an example of some things that some adjustments you might make or have made on a specific team or a specific player? Just help us understand what you're talking about, about game management. For sure. Yeah. So like 
certain teams run certain pick and roll defenses, for example. What they might be in a drop defense where the big is back like back in the paint and the guard's trying to get over the screen. They might be in an ice where the guards try not to let you use the screen. They're trying to keep you on one side of the court. So knowing what team's tendencies are, you can change up how you want to attack it. And so kind of like what Tim was talking about, we have a big lob threat in Aziz and Tim Fuller and Ethan Potter. And so if I know this as the point guard, depending on what defense of coverage the defense is in, I know how I want to attack it. So if I know that they're in a drop coverage, I know if I can get by my guy and get middle, as soon as he steps up, I have a lob with an alley-oop dunk from Tim or a backwards alley-oop <laughs> dunk from Aziz, you know. But if they're in an ice, I know exactly where I want Roach to be and being able to attack them in anything that they're trying to do to us is is something that I think is super key as well. So your basketball IQ has increased a lot. For sure. Since you've been playing. That's a way to put it, yeah. Yeah, your D- D1 level. Those are yeah. great examples. Can you think of any any others, Tim? Yeah, I think something that's been huge for my development as an athlete is just learning to embrace my role and learning what that role is on the team. Um, I think that kind of goes for anything we do in life is um, obviously on our team here at UVU, we had several guys that could score the ball incredibly well. And I had to learn what I could do to stay on the court and help my team win. And that wasn't always scoring the ball. And over the years here at UVU, Um, I was blessed to have coaches who also saw my potential and saw what my role could be on the team and they embraced that as well. And so learning to do the little things, the, you know, the things that don't always show up on the stat sheet, diving for loose balls, um, guarding their most physical player. Um, and, and I think to Blaze's point, as my basketball IQ increased, I saw my output increase as well, you know, learning to, to pass the ball better, um, my assists from last season to this season almost doubled um and just yeah learning to be a a part of a part of the team and learning to yeah to help us win at at any at any cost really (laughs) you're scoring also probably i don't know the stats yeah i think your scoring might have doubled also yeah yeah so and it seemed like as i watched you this year there was that you worked on a few specific ways of scoring other than dunking Mm -hmm. and it seemed to me that you were doing a similar move uh, in scoring, yeah. is that is that right? Are there specific yeah. ways you worked on? No, you want yeah. to talk about that a little bit. Do you work on that in the off season? Is it something you're doing from high school? Yeah, the, a lot of that's the off season work. A lot of that's the development work with the assistant coaches we do, and yeah, just getting lots and lots of reps with hooks and um, touch shots. You know, you see a lot of the ways I score are, um, you know, my guys helping off me to to stop our big scores. And I get a, a drop off pass and have to be ready to put that ball up before they can recover. So it's you know just reading what the what the defense gives us and just being ready to to cash in on it. So when your defenders like go double down on Blaze, yeah, then that leaves you open. You may get some points. Exactly. So yep. thank you, Blaze. Absolutely. <laughs> Not even that. Just also kind of Tim mentioned doing the little things. Like everything matters. And so like Tim really has figured that out. He he brings energy. He brings a toughness. He brings hustle that like may not end up on a stat sheet you can't say oh tim hustled eight times in that game no but (laughs) those are little things that help a team become great and so tim like you said being a star in your role is something coach madison always says tim being able to do those little things and bring that hustle fight and energy is something that's been super key for us i didn't hear that quite well coach madison said being did you say being a star in your role yeah that's something he'd always say is be a star in your role kind of like what tim mentioned do what you're good at and be a star at it. I love that. Because as you said, Tim, it really applies to everything. Absolutely. Not just 
the basketball team, but you be the star in your role at your job, be the star in your role in your family, be the star in, in, in your role in any and every role that you have in life. I love it. So Blaze, my opinion, I think you're one of the best shooters on the team. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's how you develop better. I've, ever since I've known you, I thought you were a great shooter. I also think that you're a lockdown defender. I think when you beat BYU the first year, you kind of looked to me like you were shutting down their best offensive player. How do you view yourself as a defender and as a shooter? Um, I think those are like two of the most important skills in basketball, honestly. Like if I had advice to give to any kid that wants to play more on their team is one, be the best defender to be the best shooter. If you have those two skills as a basketball player, I think it's hard for any coach to not play you. And so that's something I take pride in. Um, I've always been a, a really good shooter, but at times I wasn't the best defender. And d defense is all about energy and hustle. And so that's something that I've really focused on this season as well as when I come in there, try and be one of the best defenders on the court and be, being able to do such a thing, like know that you can come in and lock somebody down and play that role is, is super rewarding as well. One of the other things that I've noticed about you is that you're wise. You don't ever look flustered. You, you don't ever look confused. You just always seem like you know what to do and it's just calm and cool and calculated. You kind of let the game come to you. And it seems like a really mature basketball approach. And so I, I think that your your team probably gained a lot from that veteran leadership. Do you feel that a little bit yourself or? Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you saying that because I remember growing up, I would I was super I had super bad body language. And that was something my mom would always get on me. My AU coach would always get on me about because the way you carry yourself relays a message to everyone else around you, whether you're confident, you're not, you're flustered. You don't want anyone else to know kind of what's going on. So being able to play it cool, have good body language, and be positive at all times is something that I really strive to try and do. And so, I mean, I, I think it kind of rubs off on, on the guys Absolutely. As well. That's yeah. what I was about to say is as a teammate, that that's contagious. That positive body language is is huge. And I think that's part of being a good floor general as a point guard. Blaze is excellent that way. Yeah, you just don't ever look like you're afraid or intimidated or quite frankly, nervous, mm -hmm. no matter who you're playing or what the situation is, beginning, middle of the game, if you're up by 20, if you're down by 20, you always look composed in the same. And uh, that's just something I really admire. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, I think like <laughs> that comes along with my confidence I have within myself as well. Um, basketball, I mean, I've played thousands of games now throughout my career, my whole life growing up. And so you've seen a lot, you recognize that every game, it's, it's all the same. Um, and you're just trying to win and do the best you can. But as you know, that the work you put in will always come to light. And so what you do in the dark will always come to the light is, is one of my favorite quotes. And so I know that the time and effort I've spent throughout the years dedicated to my craft is something that's prepared me for now in this moment. And so I know I, I have nothing to, to fear. Do you have any particular game or experience or accomplishment at UVU that you can share with us? I think um, last year beating number 12 BYU at home at UVU was an incredible experience. That was a big win for, for our program that I think set a foundation for future big wins. We beat a lot of other big teams this year as well. We beat some Pac-12 teams. Uh, we had a huge win at Oregon. Um, and obviously our run in the NIT was huge as well. So those are all big games for us. Really fond memories looking back. Those are going to be fun to look back on and, and enjoy those. You singled out the BYU game, and then you, you talked about the, the Pac-12. I think you were 3-0 and against the Pac-12. 
you beat Washington at Washington, you beat Oregon at Oregon, and you beat Colorado at Colorado. That's right. Which of those three games did you enjoy the most? I'd probably say Colorado was fun because it was an NIT game, so there was more at stake there. But I think winning at Oregon for me was just really cool. But the you know they're they're known as a basketball school. Uh, they were an athletic team, and I just feel like we played really well as a as a team. We had big guys step up in that game. I was actually in foul trouble for a large part of that game, and our freshman Ethan Potter stepped up big for us, made some big plays down the stretch, and played some huge minutes. Um, in fact, all of our bigs were in in foul trouble, I believe, going yeah. into this. Yeah, towards yeah. the Oregon, stretch of the second half. Yeah, Oregon was like the tallest team in the nation at the time too. So we were just completely like, you look across the board, every single position was taller and bigger than us, and mm -hmm. so we had to scrap and fight hard. And yeah, that resulted in some extra fouls. Yep. So I was in foul trouble. Aziz was in foul trouble. Tim Caesar was in foul trouble, and so we had our freshman Ethan Potter making key plays down the stretch and ended up coming out with the win. So it was awesome. What's it like as a big, especially being in foul trouble? I mean, and, and the reason I'm asking that is I would hate to be in the position where I had one foul left and then and then point guards or other people just taking it to you oh, because yeah. they know you have to stay, stay away from. How do you handle that? No, it's it's a it's a relevant question because I that's something I dealt with this year is foul trouble. And I think just choosing choosing your battles wisely, you know, because you have Obviously, as a big man, your your job in the paint is to contest everything. You know, you want to make make those shots difficult for those guards that are coming into your territory. And so sometimes you have to pick and choose your battles. Um, and I think just um, yeah, knowing when when to when to contest something and when to say I'm going to live if this person makes this shot. And just a lot of times the the realization I had to come to is it's more important that I'm out there on the floor in crunch minutes than going up to block this shot. And so that's a that's something you have to learn as a big. It seems like a difficult trade-off because when you get in the final couple minutes of a game and it's a close game and someone's coming in to score, what do I do? Do I contest this and possibly foul out and then not be here for the next two minutes? Or am I basically going to concede the points? And so I'm, I'm curious, Blaze, as a point guard, when when other bigs get in foul trouble, do you intentionally try to take it to them? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's something you, you can pay attention to. Like any matchup on the court, you, if their best player has two fouls before halftime and they're still in the game, you're going to try and get their third foul. So they have to sit out for a while. I mean, if, if you know the bigs got four fouls, you're going to go at them and attack the rim because you want them out of the out of the game. And so what Tim was talking about is just kind of knowing when to pick and choose. Is also super situational, kind of hard too, because sometimes you'll get called for fouls that you're not like even fouling or intentionally trying yep. to foul or trying to get out of the way, and you'll still get called for a foul. And so, yeah, it's something really hard for big guys. I could see. <laughs> How about for you, Blaze? Do you have a favorite game or, or, or an experience on the UVU basketball team you can share? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with all the ones Tim shared, um, but one that came to mind is three years ago we were we had two games left in the season. And this was during COVID when uh, you'd play each team twice, like twice in a row. And so we needed to win one game to win the conference championship. And we were at Grand Canyon, which is a super hard place to play at. Crazy environment, lots of students, super loud, super fun. But uh, we went in there and we were able to beat them and we were able to win a piece of the conference championship. And so that, that game for me was super big and super fun. So that's a pretty big achievement, two conference championships in three years. 
and just barely really not a conference championship the, the, the year in the middle. It has to be something that you're proud of. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's something we, we take pride in. We, we love knowing that we're able to go out there and represent ourselves and be the best in the conference and win a ring and whack championship for our school. And you set a foundation for the school. So as, as the basketball program continues to elevate, and it will, and it has, there's got to be a sense of pride from you knowing that you were the team and the players that kind of set the foundation. Do you ever talk about that? We, we do. And I think to your point, I think the fact that we, we kind of built it from the ground up in a lot of ways, there's a lot of pride there. Uh, I think the, the year before we got here, it was Coach Madsen's first year and they lost a lot of close ones, but I think they finished with a record below 500. And so to come back the very next year, add some pieces and win the conference championship was huge. And, and like Blaze said, you know, it's, it's cool winning a few rings and being able to look back on that. And more, more so than the rings, I think it's the shared experiences with our teammates. You know, you, you really form a bond with these guys that you're going into battle with night after night. And I think that's something that to me, that's the most valuable thing. It's funny, too, because we've won two conference championships in three years, like you mentioned. But both those years we won the conference championship in the preseason coaches poll and stuff, we were picked to finish sixth or seventh both years. And so for us to go out there and win the championship is, is something that's we're super proud of and super rewarding. They should stop picking us that low if they don't want us wow. to win. Wow. So, you, can well, you can tag WAC Sports in this. Tell them to stop picking us seventh. <laughs> wow. You were picked sixth or seventh the two years you won the conference championships? Yeah. Yep. That's a little bit of lack of respect. That makes it feel even better, though, doesn't it? For sure. Yep. Yeah. And then especially, I mean, like you said, it's kind of a slap in the face this year after they've seen the team that we had last year and the championship year we had before that. And so for them to see that and know who we have coming back and then still to pick us sixth or seventh, it was super like, disrespectful. And so like we didn't take that lightly. And It's hard not to take that very personally. Yeah. Because you're saying you, Blaze Neal, and you, Tim Fuller, oh, you guys are on the team? Seventh. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, don't you see it that way a little bit? And also disrespect to your friends and your teammates? For sure. Yeah, we all, like, our coaches would bring it up all the time. And so we had that little chip on our shoulder, and uh, we didn't hold back. We went out there, and we took care of business. We dominated. Yep. Speaking of chips on the shoulder, it seemed like your team was really chippy and extremely physical and uh, we're able to get out of the skin of pretty much every team you played. How did that happen organically or is that from practice? I mean, why is that? I think that's just the result of us being so competitive. Uh -huh. um, you know, we have a lot of competitive individuals on this team. And I think a lot of times that that results in, you know, that chip on our shoulder and, and we want to win at all costs. And, you know, we have some uh, this past season, we definitely had some heated moments behind closed doors in practices behind the scenes. Um, and so a lot of what you see out there on the court during the season is just, you know, the tip of the iceberg there. But I think that all stems from that competitive drive we all have. Yeah. I mean, growing up, going through high school and stuff, like usually when you get to college, everyone had been the best player and growing up wherever they're from. And so when you all get on a team full of alphas, everyone's trying to be the best and show that they're the best. And so that just brings a competitive nature out of all of us. And so like Tim mentioned, in practice, we're super competitive. And at times we even have to like coaches have to like shut us down. Like we can't scrimmage because you guys are just trying to fight every minute. Why don't you take all this energy out that you have on the other team? And so, I mean, that's that's essentially what we did as well. I mean, we're trying to go out there and we're trying to kill and we're trying to prove that we're the best team no matter who we play against. 
And so having that competitive edge and then finally being able to go out there and release it is something that's super, super fun. Yeah, I love it. So basically what you're saying is, is what we all watched in the games, which was aggressive, that that was nothing like practice. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, you, you understand you have to tone it down a hair yeah. during games because there's, you know, there's refs there, there's more at stake. But um, yeah, I think it's safe to say that uh, there were definitely some some wild times in practice. Yeah. I think that's healthy. I mean, I, 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 all I'm hearing from you is things that I respect, is that just like you said, that you're very competitive and that you you brought that competition to practice too. I just hear that you practice like you play. Yeah. And so I think that may be a lot a lot of what led to your success. For any individuals out there who want to be part of a championship team or for teams that hope they become championship teams, as you said, you build a team from the ground up. What advice do you have for either individuals or for teams of how they can become champions? Something that comes to mind is, is sacrifice. I think that's probably one of the biggest keys. Um, in high school, we always were told we had like the most talent in the state, but we didn't. We never won a state championship and things like that. And so we always underachieved, and that's something that always hurt me. And I think the reason was is because we were all trying to get to that next level. We were all trying to prove, like I said, that that we're the best. But that kind of held us back. And so knowing that now, I try and focus on doing whatever it takes to win and sacrificing whatever it may be for the greater outcome of the team. And I think any championship team is going to have to have that mentality and kind of thought process. That's a good answer. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, I'd say something that's that's key for a championship team is each individual taking responsibility for becoming the best player they can be. I think that when I think back on our team this year, I just think of, um, like I said before, we had so many weapons and so many key pieces on our team. And that came from each person taking responsibility for developing into the player they needed to be. Um, and I think that goes hand in hand with with sacrifice, like Blaze mentioned. And each person, at the end of the day, you become the best player you can be. And then when it comes time to compete as a team, you need to embrace your role and understand that role. And I think, um, you know, for our team, that's that's where it really paid dividends. We had so many talented players that were willing to sacrifice, embrace their role. And I think, yeah, it just showed on the court how dangerous that, that can be as a team. So what do you like more? Making a big play in front of the home crowd and having them erupt? Or making a big play on the road and making the other crowd go silent? I personally, I mean, I love making big plays at home. I love like making the crowd erupt and everything. But that happens a lot more frequently. I feel like I kind of like being like the villain, I guess you could say. And so on the road, being able to shut the crowd up uh, suck the energy out of the gym, hit a big shot and just hear them all sit down and sigh. Like that's something that's super fun to me. <laughs> and I feel like, like having that underdog mentality that we have, like going into bigger places like Oregon or Washington, like places you've mentioned and going out there and being able to beat them and watch their fans walk out of their sad is like something super fun and super rewarding that I love. Or even after any individual play, right? Yeah. You, yeah. you say the villain, I say the daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, for sure. No, I like, I mean, I love doing something cool on the road and just having the other fans just pissed off or completely quiet, you know? Yeah, everyone's everyone's loud and then all of a sudden, it's like a magic trick, right? You yeah. can say, here, watch this. I'm gonna make everyone be silent and then do it. Yeah, or nothing's cooler than like making a like a big play, maybe breaking someone's ankles or something, hearing their own crowd like, ooh and ah as well. Like you start, <laughs> you start to turn them, start to get them on your side. 
Yeah. Ooh, that is vicious. That is nice. Yeah. Tim? I 100% agree. I think it's, um, you know, obviously playing for the home crowd's fun. We had an incredible turnout at the UCCU this year, uh, but I'd, I'd have to agree. I think <laughs> embracing that villainous role is just so dang fun. Um, being on the road in a hostile environment, I think of places like Grand Canyon, um, you know, Oregon and at BYU this year, you know, it's just, that's what makes college basketball so special is those environments playing in front of fans like that and being able to make some, some key plays and just really you get lost in the game and you get lost in that environment. It's just so dang fun. There's nothing like it. Well, I'm a big fan of, of yours, you, Tim Fuller, and you, Blaze Neal, and I'm a big fan of your team, and I love going to your games. And I know you're not disrespecting the home fan base. And by the way, I agree with you that it's funner to do it on the road. Like, we as your fans love watching you do it at home. And and But like you said, Blaze, the fans at home erupt a lot, so you get that a lot. It's, it's, it's a powerful thing when you can do that on the road. You enjoy winning, or do you hate losing? I can go first on this one. I think for me personally, I think I, I'm gonna take the less the the road less traveled and say I think I enjoy winning a little bit more than I hate losing. Um, and I think that's, you know, I I look at our season this this past year and being able to move forward after a bitter loss. I think that's something that contributed to our success. And I think one of my favorite memories, not just from this season but from all of my my college career, is celebrating in the locker room after a huge win. I just think there's nothing there's nothing quite like it. Uh, that's kind of where the the bond you have with your brothers is cemented in place. Is after a big win like that. Obviously, I hate losing. Nobody likes losing, but for me, there's just nothing like celebrating after a huge win. Yeah, I mean, I think I might have to agree with Tim here as well. I think, I mean, I don't. You don't play the game to not lose. You play the game to win. And so to go out there and get it done is just like the most rewarding feeling. And so, I mean, I hate losing as well. I feel like we learned about this in school. There's this thing called like loss aversion. Like if you lose $20, it hurts you worse than if you just walk down the street and find $20. Just knowing that you lose something is like always going to hurt you worse. And so losing sucks and losing is the worst. But that rewarding feeling, that sense of accomplishment every time you win is something that I think is is probably a little better. I think there's something to that because I definitely hate losing more than I like winning. When I win, I think it's great. When I, when I lose, I just... I don't like it. <laughs> but when I listen to you talk, and I've, and I've asked this question to a lot of people, I think that maybe that might be one of my problems. I look at how your team rebounded after the loss to SUU, which was a tough loss. And then as I talk to the players, you, you've all, almost all of you say you're you're more focused on winning than losing. And you were able to just take that loss and just set it set it aside and just and just move on. And I wonder if that's not one of the weaknesses I've had is that I – I need to get a little bit better at setting the losses down a little bit faster and not dwelling on them. So I, that's something that's been helpful to me. Let's go back to your youth. How long have you been playing basketball? Um, I've been playing basketball since I was really young, probably like five years old or so, ever since I can remember. Same here. I think I have a, a picture somewhere. I had just learned to walk and I have a basketball in my hands. So I think, yeah, ever since I was really young. And at what point did you want to become a D1 basketball player? I'd say for me, probably early junior high, uh, end of middle school, things like that, that kind of age um, is when I really started to like think this is something I wanted to do and knew that I could and wanted to see myself achieve it. Well, that was my next question. So like the second question is, when did you think you could? First one's when did you want? 
And you're saying that happened at the same time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think I wanted it earlier than before I knew I could. Obviously, uh -huh. I was super young and you got to you just you're just living yeah. life. You're just figuring things out as you go. But as I started to work towards it before I knew I could achieve it, then I realized, yeah, this is possible and I'm going to do everything I can to make it possible. OK, Tim, how about for you first? When did you first want to be a D1 college basketball player? And then when did you actually think you could be a D1 college basketball player? Yeah, I, I had always thought of playing college basketball growing up. My dad played college basketball at Idaho State and my oldest brother played uh, at Dixie State. And so, you know, having seen their experiences, I thought it was really cool. But that desire really didn't blossom, I think, until my junior year of high school, um, which is really when I started to develop more as a player, uh, moving from from small town Idaho to big city Arizona. Um, you know, that was kind of a it was a huge change for my my development athletically. And I think just making that jump in development, that's really, I think to answer your second question, that's when I started to realize, wow, I could actually, I could actually pretty, do pretty well at the college level. And so that's when I, yeah, that's when that desire kind of set in and I really started working towards it. Blaze, what was your journey like from, I started playing basketball to being kind of a star player at a division one school that made the NIT semifinals? It, it was a it was a journey. I'll tell you that much. I mean, growing up first, my first love was football. So I wanted to be a division one football player at first. And that's that's all I loved. And then as I started to continue on my journey playing football and basketball, I kind of fell out of love for football and my desire for basketball really like increased and my love for it really blossomed. And so because of that, I felt like I started on my journey just, you know, working as hard as I can. And I knew that I had to outwork people. And so me and my friends were always trying to get the one up on each other. And I was blessed because I had a group of friends where we were all just as committed. Um, when you have friends that are have interest in other things, it's easy to get sidetracked. But when all of your friends are also trying to become D1 athletes and basketball players and be the best they can, we kind of helped each other all grow and rise together. And that was something that I really appreciated. Like we'd get dropped off at the gym when it opened at like, 9 a.m. and we get picked up at like 9 p.m. from our parents and stuff and the whole day we were in the gym we were playing against older kids we were doing drills we were just working out together and that's literally what we did for fun was we'd hang out and we'd work out together and so that was kind of my journey growing up and then I had a different different story because I went on a mission after high school for the LDS church for the LDS church yeah I served a, a Spanish-speaking mission in Washington DC and so I was there for two years and at the time when I left um I didn't know where I was going to college. I didn't have any offers, but I knew that if I kind of put my faith in the Lord and sacrificed myself for those two years and did the best I could out there, that I'd be rewarded for it. And so when I came, well, I was on my mission. One of my friends, uh, my best friend's Nima, he was playing at Utah State Eastern Junior College here in Price. And uh, he had told the coaches about me and one of the coaches had actually recruited me when he was at SCU. And so it ended up working out super good, but they ended up offering me while I was on my mission. And uh, I ended up committing while I was on my mission, never had seen the school, nothing, never been there, nothing like that. And I came home and then was able to immediately start school. And uh, I felt like I really was blessed for the sacrifices I, I, I had given while I was on my mission, the time I dedicated to being able to get what I wanted. And I was a, a better basketball player instantly, I feel like. And uh, just everything kind of set itself in motion. Everything worked out the way I think God really had a plan for me and that 
better than I had even imagined. That's outstanding. How about you, Tim? What's been your journey from picking up a basketball to to today? Yeah, so I started playing basketball from a young age. I think I kind of have a, a unique experience in that growing up, my my parents encouraged me to be to you know be well rounded, and I think <laughs> so. I actually I have a love for music. Um, growing up, I learned how to play. I started with the trumpet and then learned to play the drums and became actually a really good drummer. Um, I played the drums in the high school jazz band, middle school jazz band. So probably a total of five or six years, I was playing the drums in the jazz band all while playing basketball as well on the side. Um, and it kind of got to the point when I was in high school, my junior year, I kind of had to choose what I was going to do, whether I was going to put all my eggs into the basketball basket or, you know, pursue, pursue music. And I ended up, yeah, deciding that basketball was the route I wanted to go. And from then on, that, that was really the moment when I, I committed to the journey of becoming a Division I athlete because I knew that it was going to take more for me. It was going to take more time. Um, and so, yeah, my, my development uh, sped up there. I, I became a great player. Um, my junior year, I got a scholarship offer from Weber State. Um, I committed there. And then also served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, in El Salvador, which was a great experience. I, I loved it. Loved the people down there in Central America. They're just so humble and, and really kind people down there. Um, and during those two years, I probably touched a basketball a total of five times <laughs> during that two-year period. And so I came back from my mission, went to Weber State and ended up redshirting that first year there, which was which was a great experience because it helped me kind of get my body back in that way um, after the mission, get back in shape. Um, and then, yeah, from there, it's just been been a great experience. I played one year at Weber State and then transferred here to UVU after that. And it's been a great ride since. Looks like it's been a great ride. What's been the hardest thing that you've had to overcome on your basketball journey? I think for me, probably the hardest thing I had to overcome was uh, – I went through double hip surgery about two seasons ago. And so I kind of, I grew up with like a little bit of extra bone on my hip. And so just the wear and tear of my whole life playing basketball, it kind of really started to hurt me. And uh, I had like this sharp pinching pain on both sides of my hips. And so the doctors went in there and they had to shave some extra bone away and repair my labrum on one side. But I went through this in the, in between the off season after my first year at UVU and in between my second year. And so I had two surgeries within a month. And each time, once I get surgery, like you can't walk. And so I couldn't walk for a few weeks. And then I had two crutches for a few weeks. And then I had one crutch for a few weeks. And then after that, you could start like walking and doing normal things and starting to train. And so to go through all of that in an off season was super hard for me. Um, not being able to work out and be able to get better at the game I love and be out there with my teammates and stuff. But then to learn how to re to relearn how to walk and do all those things and then to start trying to get better and earn your spot and position back on the team. So that was something that was super hard for me is knowing that other guys are stepping up and filling my role while I'm gone, not being able to like go out there and compete for it was, was hard for me. But then after once I was able to recuperate and stuff, I was able to get back out there and then was able to not miss any games. So isn't it frustrating? I've, I've tried to come back from injury myself and what was hard for me is when you get back out and start being physical again and you think, oh, oh my gosh, I am so weak. 
And so I can't jump two inches and, and, and to just see the gap from where you are at the beginning of, of that process and saying, I have to be an elite division one athlete level. Did you ever feel that way? Yeah. I mean, that's, I think anyone that's been injured, that's like a, uh, an athlete, a division one athlete or whatnot has gone through like that same thing mentally. Yeah. You're, you're sitting there after you're hurt and you're like, holy cow, like how am I ever going to go back to doing what I did? And uh, I remember laying there and I was trying to just lift my leg up off the bed. I couldn't even lift my leg. I was like, wow, I don't know how I'm going to play in three, four months and be able to run and jump and dunk and do whatever it's going to take to be an athlete. But to, to fight that self-doubt is something that's super important as well. Like every day during the rehab process is like a, a mental battle and you got to win that battle every single day and never lose confidence or waver because at the end of the day, it's it's what you love to do. And so you want to go out there and do the best you can. If I, I remember right, Lance Armstrong said that after his cancer, he he got back on like a top of the line expensive bike and was out giving it all and like gassing and and some person just rode by like casually. It wasn't a biker. It was just somebody commuting just a normal person. on not a very nice bike. It just cruised right by him. And I could just imagine, at least I try to imagine how that would feel. And I've always related that story to what I think it's like to be injured. What was it like for Lance sitting on that bike, having that person pass him that wasn't racing and didn't even self-actualize as a biker, I don't think, of saying, oh, I'm going to go win the Tour de France. Just had to have been tough. Yeah. How about you, Tim? What's the what's the most difficult challenge or obstacle you've you've overcome on your Division One journey? I'd say probably learning to navigate the roller coaster that is college basketball. Uh, going from my freshman year at Weber State, I started most games that season, and then my first year here at Utah Valley, when I committed, I understood that I would be playing alongside Fardaz Amek, who is one of the best big men in the country, and so I knew I knew that coming in. And I knew I was going to have to compete for a spot. And, you know, regardless, it was still really disappointing coming in. And, and um, you know, a lot of times, many games that season, I averaged you know, probably five to ten minutes. And that was kind of hard going from a starting role at Weber State to, you know, just coming off the bench and playing role minutes uh, here in my first season. Um, just learning to navigate that and, and overcome, again, self-doubt and just trying to to you know this is cliche but trust the process you know and and understanding that um that development is is a multi-season thing and i think that that i i look back at that chapter in my journey with with a lot of fondness because i think my patience during that season really paid dividends in the following two seasons um learning to embrace my role obviously becoming a better player um but that's that's kind of what i look back on is there a part of your game that you're currently trying to improve on? Well, I'm always trying to improve. There's a lot of areas even now that that I'm trying to improve on. Free throws come to mind for me. That's okay. always been yep. a little bit of a struggle for me. All right. Um, my first two seasons at UVU, I believe I shot somewhere between 40 and 50% from the line. I'm happy to report that this past season, I got that up to 60% after putting in a lot of hard work. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, you know, hard work pays off and obviously that's something I'm still trying to work on, but yeah, that's kind of a big element of my game. I've been trying to improve. How about you blaze? We haven't talked about what you're doing in the future, but I, I suspect there's more basketball we'll see from you. What's a part of your game? What, what part of your game are you tr currently trying to improve? I think just trying to get back to being 
completely confident, aggressive um, at all times. Uh, like I said, sometimes it, on certain teams you play, you fit a role and you be a star in your role and you do things. But sometimes you're also capable of doing more. And so just being able to go out there and freely play and like trust the confidence in the work that I put in um, is something that I'm trying to work on as well. What's it like as a student athlete ba balancing basketball with with your education? Because I know both of you are, are MBA students. We'll talk about that in a second. Masters of Business Administration. But how have you managed to do so well academically while being on the road and having long practices? I mean, I think it's something that's super hard that every student athlete struggles with, especially when during the season we're on the road, we're missing class, we're we're not able to dedicate as much time to school as the normal student is. And so I think using the resources that they, they provide for you is something super key, uh, having tutors, different things, and then just working with your teachers and like communicating with them. Like if you're traveling home on a late night from a flight and you have an assignment due at 1159, you should probably reach out to your teacher and let them know, hey, um, like this is going on, can I maybe have an extension? And so just like having that open line of communication with your teacher is something that I found super, super key because they're willing to help you if you're willing to ask for it. I'd agree with that. I think communication with professors is really important. And I also think that time management becomes a lot more important as a student athlete. You, be, you, you realize pretty soon that your college experience isn't going to be typical. It's going to be different than, than most college kids. Um, and so just learning to manage your time when you're on the road, doing homework in your hotel room rather than just watching TV um, comes down to making little sacrifices uh, because obviously education is important. It's going to pay dividends later in life. And so as tempting as it can be when you're tired on the road to just lounge around, sometimes you just have to pull out your laptop and get, get your work done. Well, this is the reason why I love to hire college athletes uh, into my operations. And I think in my company, a lot of people talk about selling. I'm not talking about selling. I'm talking about into my operations of the management of my actual companies, because I think it's an incredible skill to learn to first be competitive and to know, because we're always trying to gamify our work processes. But then secondly, knowing how to be efficient with your time management. And you, I, I think it's incredible uh, of how you're able to learn that as a Division One college athlete. So I'm going to talk about COVID for a second. You both were athletes during COVID. What was that like? It was, it was interesting. It was, it was, the season was really unique and just the, all the rules and regulations that were in place. We had to wear masks on the bench and, you know, you didn't know at any given time who would be available to play because of COVID exposure. I missed a few games uh, that season. I don't know if Blaze missed any, but you got a few games canceled. I, for us. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, we were supposed to play Stanford. <laughs> I think open up the the season playing Stanford, and that game got canceled because of COVID. And so, um, it was a really weird season, to be honest. It was just kind of a weird weird vibe overall. Yeah, it was. It was just like full of uncertainty. You never knew what was going to happen. You never knew who was going to be available for the game. You didn't know if the game was going to happen. Um, they started changing things. Like I said, we were playing each team twice in a row within like two days. So you'd play them back to back two days in a row. And so that was in itself a challenge. And then just uh, never really like fully knowing what what is next. Like, is the season just going to be canceled at any moment? Are, are we done? Or are we going to play tomorrow? And so that was that was hard just scheduling and knowing what's what's in the future. It's interesting you bring that up. I didn't know that about playing teams two times in a row. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's very different. Yeah. Because yeah. whatever your game plan is, everyone knows 
what you're going to do and what you just did. And that, I think that changes things a lot. For sure. Yeah. I mean, we're used to, like, usually you have like a day off in between or you're traveling, but they want less travel obviously because of yeah. COVID. And so you were just staying in the way game playing two games in a row or the other team was coming to you twice in a row. And so, yeah, it was super different and it's hard to play the same team two nights in a row and yeah. win both times. Yeah. And then also the weird ways it was working through school and all of your classes. It just, it's just a, it's something that your parents and grandparents didn't experience. That's just unique to you and to, uh, to your group. Yeah. I mean, I remember every, we had to wake up early and come do COVID tests and things like that. And like, <laughs> right. it was always stressful every single day because randomly people would just test positive and stuff. And you just never knew like, is that going to be me tomorrow? Do I have COVID? Do I yeah. not? One of my core memories from that time is Coach Madsen telling everybody to spread seven feet apart while we were doing stretches in the gym. And there's, you know, a, a small practice gym. There's hardly room for us in there trying to space apart seven feet. Some of, uh, you, were out, some of you were outside. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember they, they were trying all sorts of stuff to like keep us socially distanced, but still yeah. have practice. So like we'd have chairs that we were supposed to go to during water breaks and they had them all spread out throughout the gym, like a certain distance. And they had like these trackers on our shoes that would keep track of how close we are to certain people if they test positive and it will tell you for how long and stuff. They were trying everything. Is there anything that you would do differently on your basketball journey if you had the opportunity? Aside from time traveling back to the SUU game and making some adjustments there, um, I'd say the biggest thing for me is just uh, learning to enjoy the journey a little bit more and stress a little bit less. That was something I kind of had to had to learn along my journey is you know, struggling a little bit with it's um, great advice. Yeah, with performance anxiety before big games and just, you know, learning to to relax and just enjoy that journey a little bit more. And that's that's actually something this last season that that I did a lot better was just enjoying every game. And I think a lot of that came from understanding that it was my last year. So, you know, just enjoying each moment. Um, but that, that's something I look back on and realize I could have done a lot better. Um, but I, I, I'm grateful that this year I was able to figure it out. No, that's funny. Cause that's literally what I was going to say is just enjoy the process maybe a little more. Um, like these memories and moments you have are going to last a lifetime, Yeah, but they don't last forever. And so just trying to cherish every moment you have, yeah. like every year you, you lose certain players, certain players graduate, certain players leave, whatever, but those were still like some of your closest connections and best friends. And so just enjoying the moments that you have with every single team and not taking it for granted is something that I think I would wish I could do a better job with. So in terms of basketball, what's the future for each of you? Um, for me, I plan on, I have two options right now, kind of, uh, I'm weighing on, I, I plan on playing professionally, um, overseas, wherever that may be, but also we're working on, on getting a red shirt back from when I was at BYU with the NCAA. And so if, if, I get the green go on that and get another year of eligibility granted, then I'll be weighing my options in college and stuff. I sure hope, I sure hope that's the case. How about you, Tim? Yeah, there's a, there's a small part of me that would like to play one more year. I do have one more year of eligibility on the table because of COVID. Um, but my wife is expecting a little baby girl in July. Right. So Congratulations. We're, we're excited about that. Um, and I think um, we're, we're, we're ready to move on to the next chapter. I'm ready to uh, start my career in the mortgage industry. That's something I'm looking forward to. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take a look at it here in the next few weeks and make a final decision. I haven't completely counted out playing one more year, but um, that's kind of what it looks like. If, if I don't play one more year, then it's off to the rec leagues for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. And something that's interesting is that both of you 
are getting your master's of business administration from Utah Valley University right now, right? Yep. And are you both in the final stretches? How much time do you have left? So we're finishing out the rest of this semester and then we have summer classes, the summer semester, uh -huh. and then we're, we're done, we're graduated. If I remember right, you pretty much have all the same classes together right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> every single class we're in together. So that's great that not only as teammates that you're able to do to have a, such a shared academic experience. What made you want to get an MBA, Blaze? I think just uh, the ability that I had to like be able to get a master's degree um, paid for while I'm still here playing basketball is something that I want to take advantage of at another year. And it was either take some fluff classes like yoga and Pilates and stuff, or I can do something meaningful and get a get a master's degree. And so I'm interested in the business world and wanted to learn more about it and uh, eventually see myself pursuing a career in business. And so I wanted to get the most out of it that I could in my education career while I'm still a student athlete. And so the MBA program was really appealing to me because of that. The, the first time we met two or three years ago was an entrepreneurial business venture that you were doing. Mm -hmm. And it was really, I thought, wow, uh, a lot of students come to me with with things like that. I've had several actually basketball players around here come to me with business opportunities. Yours by far was the best <laughs> of of how you thought it out and what you did. I'm sure that you're gonna be very, very successful in business should that time come. Yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate it. How about you, Tim? Why, why did you get an MBA? And then I guess, what do you intend to do with it? Yeah, uh, it was also a no brainer for me, obviously having the school pay for it uh, with our scholarship uh, made it really appealing. And then, you know, something my parents instilled in me from a young age is just to pursue as much education as I could. And so that's something I'm doing right now. Um, looking forward to applying some of the principles I've learned in the business world. I'm currently working as a loan officer. My dad, David Fuller, has been a mortgage broker for close to 30 years. And so I'm kind of under his tutelage right now, learning the ropes of the industry, the ins and the outs. Um, it's, it's exciting. And I'm just looking forward to yeah, to honing my craft a little bit and becoming better at that. You're fortunate too, because your dad has a great reputation. And so you're going into an established business that, that everyone knows and respects. And I, I know you'll be able to add a lot a lot to it as yeah. well. Thank you. Well, I only have a couple more questions. The first one's just been about Utah Valley University. I love that school. I mean, I, I, I love it. And I know this is a little bit leading, but <laughs> but am I off on that? Because it just seems, it seems uniquely special. No, for sure, 100%. I mean, I think everyone that goes to UVU can realize the love that everyone has for the school and for each other. Um, it's it's a unique university like you talked about. Yeah. And anyone's welcome and anyone feels feels that love and that I feel like that Wolverine pride. Yeah, there's just a certain energy there on campus. I think um, it's unique and it's it's fresh. I don't know. That's the word that kind of came to mind for me. And um, obviously, President Tuminas is doing a great job there. The administration the athletic department is doing a great job. And it's kind of cool to think that the the year we just had and the success we've had has kind of contributed to that. And uh, one thing that was really special during our NIT run was the uh, the national attention that our university got. I know President Tuminez was kind of blowing up on Twitter <laughs> there for a few days with her pom-poms. Yeah. And uh, that was just kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, we obviously have a special, special love for UVU and we're, I'm very grateful to have played there. I'm very grateful that my son uh, is, a, is a student at Utah Valley University. I'm also grateful to Utah Valley because it's been such a great experience for my family. I mean, not just my son, who's a student there, but we all just love the university. And I and, and Tim, to your point, it really is top down. So President Tuminez, I know everyone was looking at her with their palm palms, 
you know, during the, the, the nationally televised game, but she's always there with her pom-poms. That wasn't new. It's not something she broke out for the postseason. <laughs> she's there pretty much at every game that I think I've been to with yeah. her pom-poms. And it's not just the basketball games. I see her at the volleyball games. I've seen her at the soccer games. I see her uh, all over the place. I think that the word I would use to describe Utah Valley University is it's a place that is loving and it's authentic. It's genuine. It's very caring. I just sense a passion that begins with the university president and then it extends through um, through Jared Sumption and Matt Potts and the people in the athletic department. They love the athletes and they love the school. I mean, like genuinely, if you're in the room with them, they love Utah Valley University and they love what they do and they love the students. And I'm not just saying this. I mean, I know that that's true. I don't know if you feel that as athletes where you can feel that love and that support. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, I, we all feel their love and support and they're always there rooting us on, cheering us on and doing anything they can to help us along our way. And so just knowing that you have them behind you and with you is something that's like super reassuring as an athlete or just a student in general. Yeah, and that, that was my point. They're, they're behind you, not just as athletes. Whether you're an athlete or not, everyone that I've met at, at Utah Valley University is, all, is full on board and passionate about the student and what's in the best interest from the student and how they can help the student, regardless of whether that student is an athlete. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, th I think there's just a great culture that they've built over the years. Um, and that's something that we enjoy as student athletes. I think it's it's special to to have conversations with with Jared Sumption, for example, and, and know who he is and have that repertoire with him, you know, and that's something that not all student athletes have. So I think that's something we we don't take for granted. Yeah, and he's a good man. I mean, the, the, every single person that we've mentioned is someone that you could put on a pedestal for any athletes, young women, young men, and say, there's a role model of like how to live your life, not just not just a successful career, but how to live your life and be well-balanced. And I'm just grateful that my son is in that environment and have has all those role models. And, uh, and I think that you as basketball players have added to that culture, and I think that all of you are great role models uh, to, to the community and 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 because you went more public recently with into the tournament, you were great role models uh, to the whole country. Last question: What advice would you give to a young woman or a young man that wants to be a Division One basketball player? The advice I would give young student athletes is put in the work early and learn to enjoy that. I think um, it's it's a grind. Um, the day to day you know, practices and, and film sessions. Um, there's a lot of work that's involved in becoming a student athlete, especially to get to the division one level. And I think if you can not only put in that work, but learn to enjoy it, that's what's going to help you have a rewarding experience. Uh, and then once, you know, once you, once you make it to the division one level, keep working. But like we talked about earlier, enjoy the experience because it goes by fast. You know, we've, we've both played five years now and it's, um, it goes by in the blink it goes by in the blink of an eye it, it really does and so learning to enjoy that and and create fun memories develop friendships with your teammates being a, a college athlete is is a really special experience i love that answer i want to make sure i hear you right you're saying enjoy the process the journey not just when you're playing in the games enjoy the grind yes 100 percent. because that's that's honestly looking back that's yeah that's part of what i'm going to miss the most is yeah the, the practices behind closed doors and like seemingly insignificant things like eating dinner on the road. I, there's a 
there's a reel that went around a few weeks ago with March Madness of I can't remember what team it was, but a student athlete in his last press conference, they had just lost in March Madness. And somebody asked him what he was going to miss the most about playing basketball for his university. And he said, team meals, team dinners. And I, you know, people laugh at that, but I think there's a lot of truth to that. Just the simple things. Camaraderie. Um, yeah, the camaraderie you have with, with your teammates, 100%. But sometimes when the practices are the hardest or when you're going through the most difficult things, I think that there's a choice that we can make there and choose that that's where the fun is and the excitement is. The grind is fun and there's a choice. It doesn't have to be hard and terrible. So I find myself at, in, at work all the time with people who say, this is just so hard, this is awful. And I'll pause and say, this is where the beauty is. This is where the growth is. It's the last set when you're, when you're working out, when you're pushing it's hard and you need help from your spotter. That's where the miracles happen. And so I think that we can choose to follow your wisdom to embrace and enjoy the grind because the grind is the thing that is tempering us and making us more powerful. It's enhancing our character. It's enhancing our ability. And it's eventually laying the foundation to mold us into the woman or the man that we're going to move forward with for the rest of our lives. And so I'm, I'm really, really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. How about you, Blaze? Um, I think the biggest piece of advice I give to someone that wants to be a division one athlete someday is just develop a routine, stick to it and be consistent. Um, no matter anything you're trying to accomplish in life, if you can develop a routine, be consistent and not waver from your belief, then I think you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And so just having developing self-confidence and um, knowing that no matter what, you're going to give your best to accomplish your goal. I think you'll be successful. That's really good advice. And I think that I think that people need to go back and listen to what you just said a couple more times. And I'm going to ask you a little bit of a follow-up question on it because I, I think that it's so important. I've heard other champions like you say the exact same thing. Develop a routine and stick to it. What are some of the routines that you have developed and chosen to stick with? Yeah, so uh, well, growing up in high school, uh, I would wake up early and we'd go work out at the gym. Um, my friend, him and his dad would go lift weights. And so I lift weights with them. Then I'd go to class and then after I'd have practice. And then after I'd stick around and shoot and your, your routine can, can adapt and change over the years. Like at, at UVU now we, we lift weights, we go to practice after practice. I'm always doing the same routine. Me and Trey Woodbury, we shoot together with, uh, coach Okison and you just find whatever your routine is. And, and, uh, like I said, stick to it and be consistent. And over time, it's not, it's not doing one thing once that's going to make you great. It's doing a little thing a thousand times that over time will essentially make you great. That's great advice. Well, Blaze and Tim, thanks for, thanks for being here this morning. I've had a lot of fun uh, talking to you, learning more about you and learning a little bit more about your journey. Uh, I really appreciate some of the advice that you shared. Uh, I know it, I, I found it very helpful. Congratulations to you on, on an incredible college career, assuming it's over. And if not, congratulations on an incredible college career so far. <laughs> uh, congratulations on, a, on an amazing, amazing season. And I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. No, we appreciate it.